name. And all of God's people said, Amen. Amen. You may be seated. Open your Bibles, would you, to 2 Timothy 3, verse 12. 2 Timothy 3, verse 12, says that all who desire to live godly in Christ Jesus will suffer persecution. All who desire to live godly in Christ Jesus didn't say might suffer, said will suffer persecution. Of course, this year we've been covering the red letters, the words of Jesus. And we'll get back to that next Sunday. But, uh, of course, when you teach in the Bible, you are teaching the words of Jesus. But, of course, we've been centering in just on the red letters. But today, at the direction of the Lord, we're going to just... Step off that for one Sunday. We'll get back to it next Sunday. Probably looking for several weeks at the ministry of the blessed Holy Spirit. What Jesus had to say about the Holy Spirit. And and we'll pick up with that next Sunday. But today titling this, Go to Jail. Go to Jail. Franklin Graham, son of evangelist Billy Graham has issued a powerful warning of growing bias against Christians. He stated that it will lead to discrimination and loss of religious freedom and praised the courage of those who hold fast to the Christian faith even at risk of persecution and death. In an Easter message on his Facebook page, Franklin Graham said that millions of Christians around the world were celebrating the resurrection of Jesus, which, of course, we did here last Sunday. Many of them risk their freedom and their lives to worship Christ. And he added that in some nations, under the threat of imprisonment for faithfully following The Lord Jesus, and not only imprisonment, but death. He added that in America, there there has recently grown an ugly, anti-Christian bias and intolerance that, that is changing our nation from the inside out. Opening doors for all kinds of discrimination and loss of religious freedom that will, that we hear about every day Seems like in the news. Some 15 years ago, I stood on this very, in this very spot, behind this very pulpit, and said that the day is coming in the United States that if a minister of the gospel said that homosexuality is a sinful lifestyle, even citing the numerous Bible verses that so state, That if a minister did that, that penalties and imprisonment would loom. People did not take me seriously back then, laughed at me and said it could never happen in this nation. But now 15 years has come and gone and you see that developing right before our very eyes. Most recently, I don't know if you've heard about it, but the Memories Pizza restaurant in Indiana... Has anyone heard about that on the news? The owners welcome homosexuals into their store, but stated that they would not cater a same-sex wedding based on their religious beliefs. 
Now, I agree with the owners of the store. In this church, homosexuals are welcome. I want everybody to feel welcome in this church. But remember what I've told you for years, and I got this off the Holy Ghost years ago. Everybody welcome, but nobody comfortable if there's sin in their life. And that doesn't just go for homosexuality. How many of you know gossiping is sin? Huh? Adultery, fornication, stealing, lying. There's not, you know, we don't want to just camp on the sexual sins. And that goes for me too. If there's something in my life that isn't right, then I shouldn't be comfortable until I repent and get it right. And confess it. To the Lord. Everybody welcome, but nobody comfortable if there's something in their life that shouldn't be there. That's the kind of church you want to attend, and that's the kind of preacher you want to sit under, whether it's me or whoever else. I would not do and will not do a same sex wedding. Game set and match period but i will love homosexuals and tell them the truth of the gospel and i'd like to see them leave that sinful lifestyle and come to the lord jesus you see the bible despite what you may have heard the biggest television ministers say homosexuals will not enter the kingdom of god i didn't say it don't get mad at me The Bible said it. I could stand here for hours and give you one verse right after another that says so. Now, when this store made that stand or that statement that they wouldn't cater, they weren't even asked to actually do it. As I understand it, a reporter or someone came in and just asked them if they would cater a same-sex wedding, if I I understand that correctly. And they said that homosexuals are welcome. We'll serve them pizza, but we won't cater a same-sex wedding. The store was boycotted. Threatening phone calls came. And they had to shut the store down for a time. Now, this happened in conjunction with Indiana, the state of Indiana legislation issued with intent to protect religious beliefs. And this legislation was challenged, saying that it would discriminate based on sexual orientation. Major companies and organizations threatened to boycott the state of Indiana. How many of you have heard that on the news just recently? And it led to revision of the legislation, which now reads, A provider is not authorized to refuse to offer or provide services, facilities, use of public accommodations, goods, employment, or housing to any member or members of the general public on the basis of race, color, religion, ancestry, age, national origin, disability, sex, sexual orientation, or gender identity. And they, and, and they got that, that changed because of the uh, uproar that came out of this and major companies threatening, threatening to boycott Indiana. This summer... The Supreme Court 
will decide if same-sex marriage will be deemed legal in the United States. Now, same-sex marriages are already legal in, my last count, was 37 states. And the Supreme Court, it's my understanding, will ultimately decide that, I think, in June of this year. It should be noted that homosexuality, and again, I, I don't want to just pick on one sin because as I said a while ago there's other sins you understand that but you need to realize this it should be noted that homosexuality is typically the sin that comes to the forefront and accepted by a nation before the judgment of God falls on that nation and before a nation totally collapses Did you hear what I just said? And you see now in the United States, the sin of homosexuality coming to the forefront as never before. You say, well, Pastor Terry, there's not everybody in the nation agrees with homosexuality. I I know that, but there's a whole lot of them that do. And the leaders, you see, you need to understand something that that as you study the Bible, God, like in Israel, God would specifically look at what the leaders were doing. And in this nation is no different. God looks at what the leaders are saying and and doing. And in this country, the leaders are elected by the people, so they represent the people. And so when the president of the United States comes out in favor of same-sex marriage, that, that, that holds... Wait and that and God looks at that. And the president has come out and said that he's in favor of same sex marriage. A dangerous place that the United States is in, not to mention the murder of millions of unborn babies since the early 1970s. I believe that the United States is a great nation, but a friend of mine said to me some time ago, I hadn't seen him for years, a fine man, and I said to him, I said, the United States is a great nation, and he said something to me that got my attention, and he said, no nation can be great that's killed as many babies as we have killed in this nation under the approval of the Supreme Court, and that made me think. And no nation can be great, and I'll say this, that has killed as many unborn babies as this nation has killed. You can't do that and be great. Did you hear what I just said? And now we have homosexuality coming to the forefront. And an evening cable talk show host has asked a question, and it's a good question. And he said concerning this topic, he said, where are all of the major Christian leaders on this subject? Why aren't they standing up and speaking what the, you know, speaking out against the sin of homosexuality, so to speak? Some have, but more have not than have. And the major religious leaders in this nation, some very popular televangelists. On this subject, their silence is deafening. 
And don't get me wrong, you don't have to stand in front of a television camera or in front of a pulpit and beat the pulpit and say, you know, that we ought to just beat homosexuals over the head. We need to love them, but we need to stand with the, with the courage of the Holy Spirit and simply state the word of God and say, this is what the word of God says about homosexuality. It's a sinful life, lifestyle and it will draw the judgment of God upon this nation. Did you hear what I just said? Their silence is deafening. Now, not, not only do we have that going on, but then back to what Franklin Graham has been saying, and, and, and I admire him. I've admired Billy Graham for many years, and now his son Franklin. These are men of God. And... On another subject, he also stated objection at the Episcopal Church's National Cathedral in Washington for permitting its first Muslim prayer service. On his, on his Facebook page, Franklin Graham wrote, It's sad to see a church open its doors to worship, to the worship of anything other than the one true God of the Bible who sent his son, the Lord Jesus Christ, to the earth to save us from our sins. In March, Franklin Graham said that President Obama was very sympathetic to Islam and that this could lead to Christians and Jewish people being persecuted in the United States. He said on CBN's 700 Club television program, Franklin Graham said this, this is what Franklin Graham said. There are Muslims that have access to President Obama in the White House. Our foreign policy has a lot of influence now from Muslims. We see the Prime Minister of Israel being snubbed by the President in the White House. And it's because of the influence of Islam. And Franklin Graham said that he believes there is a storm coming. President Obama allowed a man in the Rose Garden not too long ago. I heard it with my own ears. At the, in the Rose Garden at the White House, declare in Arabic. And you need to realize that in a situation like that, nobody says anything but that the president and his assistants know what they're going to say before they get up there. The president, knowing this, allowed this individual. Now, whether the individual knew what he was doing or not, the president knew. And listen, I'm not here to bash President Obama, but he is our president. And if you look into the word of God, you see the men of God in the Bible, the prophets of old, John the Baptist and others crying out against the political ills of the day and speaking to power, if you will. It's one sad thing here in this nation that you don't have more men of God standing in pulpits, both on television and not on television, but nonetheless standing and speaking to power, the word of God, and crying out against sins and etc. And, and, and ills. Do you, do you understand? And then we have a media that looks the other way, which could be one of the most dangerous things 
that we have in this nation is we have silence is deafening from pulpits that should be crying out against things that they're not. And then you've got the major news media, so much of it just looking the other way. Dangerous scenario here in this nation, but nonetheless, President Obama allowed a man in the Rose Garden at the White House to declare in Arabic the war cry of Allah and the greatness of Allah over the land. When coming from the Rose Garden of the White House, that would be over the United States. The president smiled when he said it and knew that, as I said a moment ago, the man was going to say it. This nation was not founded on Allah. This nation was founded on Jehovah, Yahweh, Almighty God, and His Son, Jesus Christ, and the Blessed Holy Spirit. And this is dangerous. Being the President of the United States is one of the most dangerous jobs. Yeah, but you have the Secret Service protection. (laughs) It's a dangerous job. Particularly by the way you handle Israel. You bless Israel, you'll be blessed. You curse them, you'll be cursed. And I'll tell you by the Spirit of God, you ignore them and you'll be ignored in an hour when you're going to need God. Did you hear what I just said? You bless them, you'll be blessed. You'll curse them, you'll be cursed. And if you ignore them, I tell you by the Holy Ghost, you'll be ignored by God in an hour when you need God. That wasn't in my notes, but that's what the Spirit of God's saying. In La Plata High School in Maryland, there was a headline in the newspaper that said a Marine dad was banned from school property. His daughter gets failing grade for refusing Islamic indoctrination. It went on to say the article that Thomas More Law Center announced its representation of John Kevin Wood and his wife Melissa in their battle with La Plata High School in Maryland over the Islamic indoctrination of their 11th grade daughter in her world history class. Their daughter was required to complete assignments where she had to affirm that there is no God but Allah and the other pillars of Islam. God help us. A Boston public school is now forcing its non-Islamic students to learn a Muslim prayer, the Shahada it's called, which by reciting, according to Islam, converts one to Islam. You know, if Christian students are not allowed to pray in school, then students shouldn't be forced to learn this prayer. I came out of the public school system. I've taught in the public school system. And yes, there are some good Christian people in the public school system and some good Christian teachers. And one was just in here a while ago during worship, Mary. She came out of the teaching at Eureka High School. She's a Christian lady. I'd love to have my child in her class. But but there's a lot of darkness in the public school system. And I know. Because you get up, I, I, even as a student years ago, I, I mentioned that 1981, I remember mentioning the name of Jesus in a Spanish class. And you'd have thought, I mean, that, that, that teacher went ballistic. Don't, don't say that name in here. I could be fired. 
Now you can seemingly say Allah or Confucius or whatever, and but you say Jesus, and you'll get everybody going bazonkers. Why? Because you see there's something about that, that name. That name, there's no other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. It's Jesus that defeated the power of the enemy, you see. And when you say Jesus, you inject light into a dark system and that darkness doesn't like it, you see. You hear what I just said? Seminole County, Florida and across the state of Florida are teaching the five pillars of Islam. High school students are being taught the Shahada, which again is the Islamic prayer recited by a person converting to Islam. Students were instructed to recite this prayer off the board at the teacher's instruction. It's interesting that 100 pages approximately on Judaism and Christianity in these textbooks are missing from the book. The district, when questioned, said this was a problem at the manufacturers and only with some of the books. But my question is, why weren't these books returned to the manufacturer? Can you imagine if the Lord's Prayer, the Ten Commandments, were such required? God was kicked out of the public school system many years ago, and when He left, light left. And now you see what we've got, darkness. You say, why, why is it seemingly, you know... Like in Florida, you got one, I'm sure there were other parents that spoke out, but there was only one that made a ruckus over this Islamic indoctrination. There ought to be a whole bunch of parents making a ruckus. But again, if, if this teacher was teaching the Lord's Prayer, the Ten Commandments, there would be a major ruckus, lawsuits flying left and right. Why does it, why, Pastor, seemingly Allah or this one or that one is meant, is, yeah, yeah, you can't coexist with Islam. You can't coexist. Holy Ghost, get my tongue. You can't coexist with it. You love people, certainly. You share Jesus with them, but you can't coexist with it. Did you hear what I just said? Why do they come so against Christ and the Christian? Because the Apostle John, the Holy Ghost through John said in 1 John, this is the spirit of Antichrist. Anti means against. Antichrist, which you have heard was coming and is now already in the world. Spirit of Antichrist. Against Jesus. Well, I'm for Jesus. I said I'm for him. How about you? And he's the only way to God the Father. He's the only way to heaven. He's not the best way. He's the only way. You say, well, he's the best way That would imply there's other ways that he's just the best. But there is no other way. Again, there is no other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. That's the name of Jesus, you see. Now, if you'll go to Acts, the fourth chapter. In this nation, I believe as we move forward... And I've been saying this at times for years. I told you all ago what I said 15 years ago. That there was going to come a time when if I stood in this pulpit and said homosexuality is a sinful lifestyle. Or if I refused to perform a same-sex wedding. That I would face 
some sort of punishment. And you see that it's right at, it, it, it's even at the doors now. We may not be there yet, but we're right at the doors. And I'm prepared to go to jail. I said I'm prepared to go to jail. Because I'm not going to do it. But I'm, I'm quite confident there's going to come a time in this nation where... It, because of the legislation and what's going on. You know, chaplains in the military are having a dickens of a time really being Christian men because of the pressures of the federal government. Did you hear what I just said? And these things ought not so to be, particularly in a nation that was founded on the principles of the Word of God. But I'm not doing a same-sex wedding, no matter what it costs me. And you sit there and you think, well, Pastor Terry, you're talking about you. That applies to you. But listen, there may come a time where, as we move forward, that for you to maintain your Christian beliefs, it may cost you your friends. It may cost you your job. It may cost you your business. So you better start thinking about that now because we're in that time. And I believe we ought to obey God rather than man. Now, you can read Romans, the 13th chapter sometime. How many of you know we ought to be peaceful, law-abiding citizens? Yes, we should. And in Romans, the 13th chapter says that we should, as Christians, follow governmental rules and regulations. If they put the speed limit 55, we ought to drive 55. If they put the speed limit at 40, we ought to drive 40. The taxes, the Bible says we ought to pay our taxes. Jesus said, render unto Caesar the things that are Caesar's, unto God things that are God's. Is that right? So we ought to do that. But if they, the government tells me to do something that's out of line with the word of God, then I have to make a decision. Do I follow what the government says or do I follow what Jesus says, what the Bible says? I'm going to follow what the Bible and Jesus said. Period. And as I've been saying lately, game, set, and match. In Acts, the fourth chapter, the apostles, Peter and John, had been persecuted for preaching in the name of Jesus. And they got a man healed, crippled man healed by the power of God in the name of Jesus. And they were under persecution. And Acts 4.17, New King James Version, if you would, Acts 4.17 But so that it spreads no further, what, this preaching in the name of Jesus, so that it spreads no further among the people, let us, notice, severely threaten them, Peter and John, that from now on they speak to no man in this name, in the name of Jesus, you see. So they called them and commanded, commanded them, see, commanded them, not to speak at all nor teach in the name of Jesus. But Peter and John answered and said to them, whether it is right in the sight of God to listen to you more than uh, to God, you judge. I like the way the New Living Translation says that. Here's what they said in the New Living Translation. Do you think God wants us to obey you rather than him? Now, who do you think God wants me to obey? Uh, uh, Him or the government? Him. And that same thing goes for you. Again, we ought to be law-abiding citizens. We ought to follow the civil law. We should. But when the civil law contradicts what God's saying, then we must follow what God is saying. And notice, 
If you would, in Acts 20, they say, For we cannot but speak the things which we have seen and heard. Verse 21. So when they had further, notice, when they had further what? Threatened them. Real loud, say threatened them. One more time. Say threatened them. Threatened them. A lot of threats. If you do this, then we're going to do this. If you say that, then we're going to do this. So when they'd further threatened them, they let him go, finding no way of punishing them because of the people, since they all glorified God for what had been done. That man had been healed. Now, in, in, in Acts, the fifth chapter, picking up in verse 17, the apostles are on trial again. Then the high priest rose up, and all those who were with him, sect of the Sadducees, and they were filled with indignation. They laid their hands on the apostles and put them in the common prison. Put, now, where'd they put them? They put them in jail, didn't they? What's the title of this message? Go to jail. The apostles went to jail, didn't they? But at night, angel of the Lord opened the prison doors and brought them out and said, Go stand in the temple and speak to the people all the words of this life. Now, the... People in authority said, don't preach in the name of Jesus, don't preach the gospel. But what did the angel tell them to do? Preach the gospel. Verse 20. Now verse 21, and when they heard that, they entered the temple early in the morning and taught. But the high priest and those with him came and called the council together with all the elders of the children of Israel. See, all the... All the people in authority. And sent to the prison to have them brought. But when the officers came, did not find them in the prison. They returned and reported, saying, Indeed, we found the prison shut securely and the guards standing outside before the doors. But when we opened them, we found no one inside. But when, when the high priest, the captain of the temple, and the chief priest heard these things, they wondered what the outcome would be. So one came and told them, saying, Look, the men whom you put in prison are standing in the temple teaching the people. Can anybody say amen? Amen. amen. Then the captain went with the officers and brought them uh, without violence, for they feared the people, lest they should be stoned. Verse 27. And when they had brought them, this is Acts 5:27. And when they had brought them, they sent them, set them before the council. See, they called them on the carpet. And the high priest asked them, saying, Did we not strictly command you not to teach in this name? And look, you filled Jerusalem with your doctrine and intend to bring this man's blood on us. But Peter and the other apostles answered and said, We ought to obey God rather than men. New Living Translation says, We must obey God rather than any human authority. And you ought to highlight that, underline that, put stars around it. We must obey God rather than any human authority. And we need to get a revelation of this and we need to get this down in our hearts because of the days which lay ahead in this nation. Acts 5 verse 40, and they agreed with him and when they, because Gamaliel had said some things to him and then picking up in verse 40 for the sake of time and they agreed with him and when they had called for the apostles and what did they do to the apostles? They beat them. Now, you don't want to read real quick and go over that. Did the apostles get beat up? They got whipped, didn't they? Did they get whipped for what they believed and what they were doing? Yeah. 
They didn't follow the authority. They, they said, we ought to obey God rather than men. And, and they got threatened and they got beat up. They got whipped. Are you ready to get whipped? Are you ready to get beat? How much do you love Jesus? You need to ask yourself that question. Yeah, but it could never happen in this nation. Well, I said something 15 years ago and people laughed at me and that could never happen. Well, now we're right up on the doors of it. They commanded that they should not speak in the name of Jesus and let them go. So they departed from the presence of the council, rejoicing that they were counted. Look at this. Rejoicing. Now, they just been beat up. They just been whipped. And what do these guys do? Rejoicing that they were counted worthy to suffer shame for his name. I wonder what you and I would do in an hour like that. I know what the apostles did. They rejoiced that they were counted worthy to suffer shame for his name. And then notice what they did, verse 42. And daily in the temple and in every house, they did not cease teaching and preaching Jesus as the Christ. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Praise God. They would not be intimidated. They would not quit. I will not let the United States government tell me what I can and cannot preach from this pulpit. Period. You think that the most powerful desk in this nation sits in the Oval Office, but I'm telling you, that's not the most powerful desk. Now, that's a powerful desk, and it may be the most powerful because it it, it governs the military, but I'm telling you what, the pulpits of America are the most powerful desk in all of the nation. Not just this one, but every pulpit is a more powerful desk than what sits in the Oval Office because from it comes the Word of Almighty God. And this Word of God, the Bible, needs to be thundered from every pulpit again in this nation. And then and only then could this nation possibly get back to where it needs to be. Glory to God. We do not need... Pablum pushing pulpiteers, telling everybody what they want to hear, throwing sugar cookies to an already diabetic congregation. My goodness gracious. We need men of God with backbone and courage that will stand and say, thus saith the Lord God. And let the people think what they want. Let the politicians think what they want. But thy word is truth and it ought to be thundered from the pulpits in love. Glory to God. Speaking the truth in love. And the people of God need to get stirred up again. Stirred up. Stirred up, glory to God. Stirred up. Yeah, there's a spirit of entertainment that's come upon so much of the church. And that spirit of entertainment, and it's come from the pulpits, that spirit of entertainment needs to be run out of churches. Run out of pulpits, run out of churches. The power of that thing needs to be broken off the, off the spiritual eyes of the people. Glory to God. And the people of God need to get stirred up, not over a funny story or over a joke, but they need to get stirred up over the Word of God and the power of God and the gifts of the Holy Ghost and the healing power of God and the thundering of the Word of God. And then and only then does this nation have a chance to be great again. We want revival, Pastor. Well, revival, I believe, is going to begin in the pulpits. If there's going to be one. 
Much I could say, said in times past what the Lord showed me, I'll not get into it now. But notice, they did not cease teaching and preaching Jesus as the Christ. Now, I just want to go on a little longer. Go to Daniel, the sixth chapter, if you would. I'm going to read a few verses in the New Living Translation. I believe our prayer time today is going to flow right in line with the things I've been saying. Daniel 6, verse 5, New Living Translation. They had looked, Daniel was a fine, good man of God, certainly a prophet of God. And they looked for a way to trip him up. And in verse 5, they concluded, Our only chance of finding grounds for accusing Daniel will be in connection, watch this, with the rules of his religion. Do you see that? That's kind of like what we have going on in this nation right now. So the administrators and high officers went to the king and said, Long live King Darius. We are all in agreement. The administrators, officials, high officers, advisors, governors, that the king should real loud, now with everything you say, make a law. Uh, they're going to make a law here on Daniel, aren't they? You see any resemblances to what's going on in this nation? We're going to make a law that will be strictly enforced. Give orders that for the next 30 days, any person who prays to anyone, divine or human, except to you, your majesty, will be thrown into the den of lions. And now, your majesty, issue the sign, issue and sign this law so it cannot be changed in official law of the Medes and the Persians that cannot be revoked. So King Darius, what did he do? He signed the what? He signed the what? He signed the law. When Daniel learned that the law had been signed, oh, they passed the law. When he learned that the law had been signed, he went, here's a man of God for you. He went home and knelt down as usual in his upstairs room with the windows open, unashamedly, with the windows open toward Jerusalem. He prayed three times a day just as he had always done, giving thanks to his God. Can you say amen? amen. Glory to God. Now, it got him in trouble. He went into the lion's den. But somebody showed up in there. It was the angel of the Lord. Is that right? And shut the lion's mouth. Long story short, Daniel comes out of the lion's den. The people that accused him, they go into the lion's den and they're devoured. And Daniel's God, who is our God, Jehovah, praise God, the Father of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Glory to God. He was praised. Can you say hallelujah? Glory to God. Amen. Praise God. Because a man stood for what he believed. He wouldn't cow down to authority that was against the word of God. And we'll close here in Daniel, the third chapter, New Living Translation. Daniel, the third chapter. Of course, Nebuchadnezzar had a dream. He made a golden image, set that golden image up and said, we're going to play the music. When the music plays, everybody's got to bow. If you don't bow, you go into the furnace. How many remembers that story? I just set that up. So if you've never heard it, that's a setup for it. Verse 12, Daniel 3, 12, But there were some Jews, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, whom you have put in charge of the providence of Babylon. They pay no attention to you, your majesty. That's what we ought to do as people of God. 
Pay no attention to any law or any rule that violates the word of God. I don't care if the president or the senator or the representative. I don't care. I don't. I do not care who signs it. If it violates the word of God, we stick with the word of God. I don't know if you realize it or not, but this preaching right now, if heard by the right people or the wrong people, could get me in a whole lot of trouble. Bring it on because I know who stands behind me. Praise God, his name is right up there, J-E-S-U-S. You want to fool with him, then fool with what I'm preaching right now. We need as men of God and as people of God, we need not fear man nor beast. Did you hear me? Glory to God. They pay no attention to you, your majesty. They refuse to serve your gods. See, I'm sure Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they would follow the rules of the, of the kingdom as long as they didn't violate what they believed. And to bow down to a golden image, remember the first commandment said, Thou shalt have no other what? Gods before me. Is that right? And so to bow down and worship a golden image, that's violating the first commandment. They're not going to do that. They refuse to serve your gods. They do not worship the gold statue you set up. Then Nebuchadnezzar the king flew into a rage and ordered that Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego be brought before him when they were, and they were brought in. Nebuchadnezzar said to them, verse 14, Is it true, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, that you refuse to serve my gods or to worship the gold statue I have set up? I will give you one more chance to bow down and worship the statue I have made when you hear the sound of the musical instruments. But if you refuse, here there's that threatening thing. If you refuse, you will be thrown immediately into the blazing furnace. And then what God will be able to rescue you from my power? (laughs) Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego replied, O Nebuchadnezzar, We do not need to defend ourselves before you. Listen real close what they're saying now. If you want to know how to stand up against persecution, listen to this. O Nebuchadnezzar, we do not need to defend ourselves before you. If we are thrown into the blazing furnace, the God whom we serve is able to save us. He will rescue us from your power, your majesty. Are they showing respect? Yes, they are. I believe President Obama should be shown respect. I believe that he should be called President Obama. I believe we should show respect to our our, our people in, in authority. Don't misunderstand me for one minute. We shouldn't be arrogant. We shouldn't be boastful and proud. We should be humble servants and show respect where respect it, it needs to be shown. But when it comes down to disobeying God, we're not going to do it, you see. And he said, they said, we... we He'll rescue us from your power, your majesty. But now here's this next. Now this is where you got to get it. Watch this. But even if he doesn't. Real loud say, even if he doesn't. See, they were saying, look, our God will deliver us. But even if he doesn't, even if he doesn't, we want to make it clear to you, your majesty, that we will never serve your gods or worship the gold statue you have set up. Glory to God. These are my kind of men right here. Glory to God. We know God will deliver us, but even if he doesn't. You see, there's so many Christians that I've met. We'll serve God as long as he does what we want him to do. As long as he's going to jump through all our hoops, then we'll serve him. But I tell you what, we've got to be of a different, of a different attitude than that. I'm going to tell you what, folks, I'm going to serve God 
And I believe and have every confidence that He's going to deliver me, that He's going to heal me, He's going to help me. I have every confidence in that. But I'm here today to tell you that even if He doesn't, I'm going to serve Him anyway. Even if I wind up in the lion's den and the lions eat me, then bless God, I'll make a good meal for the lions and I'll go to heaven, but I'm going to go serving God. Did you hear me? The Apostle Paul, he wrote a lot of the New Testament from jail. He went to jail, into chains, but he, he remained faithful to God. Jeremiah, in the dungeon. Isaiah supposedly was put in a hollow log and sawed in half. Think of it. But they remained faithful to Almighty God. I like that. They said, he'll deliver us, but even if he doesn't, we're we're still not going to bow down. Notice, we want to make it clear to you, your majesty, showing respect, that we will never serve your gods or worship the gold statue you have set up. And you know the story, I believe the king stoked the furnace up, seven times hotter than it was before. They took Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego up to the fiery furnace, and the king's men that threw them in, it was, the fire was so hot they got consumed and burned, just getting close, close enough to throw Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in. They threw them in, into the fiery furnace, as hot as you could get it. I tell you what, if you want to be able... To stave off the devil's fire. Let me tell you something, Christian. You be on fire for God and you let that fire and you burn hotter than the, than the devil's fire. Did you hear me? That's what we as Christians need. We need to have the fire of the Holy Ghost. The Bible says that Jesus baptizes us with the Holy Ghost and with fire. We need to have that fire burning within us so hot that it's hotter than the devil's fire. Can you say amen? Glory to God. And these guys had the fire of God on the inside of them and the fire of God on them. And the fire of God in them and on them was hotter than the devil's fire. But something else. The king went down, looked into the furnace, and he didn't see three men. Remember the story? He saw four men, one like unto the Son of God. I believe Jesus showed up. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Praise God forevermore. And he rescued the Hebrew children. And listen, I'm here today to tell you that God will not always deliver you from the fire, but he will always deliver you through the fire. Can you say amen? He didn't exempt them from the fire. They had to go into the fiery furnace. He didn't exempt Daniel from the lion's den. He went into the lion's den. These guys went into the fire. But you see, uh, God shut the lion's mouth for Daniel. And here he showed up and went through the fire with him. Glory to God. We've got a Savior. He'll never leave us nor forsake us in the person of the Holy Ghost. Praise God. Hallelujah. I'm stirred up. Glory to God. Amen. The Bible says they came out of that fire. And they were not harmed in any way. And they didn't even smell of smoke. And in verse 28, Nebuchadnezzar said, Praise to the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Look at this testimony. He sent his angel to rescue his servants. This is the king talking. He didn't know God, but notice what he says. He says, Praise to the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. He sent his angel to rescue his servants who trusted in him. See? Trust in God. They defied the king's... Watch this. What did they do? The king's saying it. They defied the king's command and were willing to die rather than to serve or worship 
any God except their own God. Praise God. That's what we that's the kind of backbone we need to have. They defied the king's command. The king's saying it. They defied my command. We're willing to die rather than to serve or to worship any God except their own God. And the king, praise be to the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Well, I'm telling you what, the God of Daniel, the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego is, is the God of the Lord Jesus Christ. He's my God and your God if you believe on Jesus. Is that right? Glory to God. And then notice verse 30. Then the king promoted Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego to even higher positions in the providence of Babylon. Isn't that wonderful? They got promoted. How come? Or why is it they got promoted? Because they said we're going to serve God no matter what. And he'll deliver us. But even if he doesn't, we're still going to serve him. We're going to defy the king's command because we love God more than we love any, anything, anything or anyone else. And we're going to be faithful and true to him. And they were. And as a result, the king that threw him in the furnace is praising their God. And they get a promotion. Do you remember Memories Pizza, Pizza, Memories Pizza that I told you about a while ago? They were persecuted. They held firm to what they believed. And so time comes and goes. They got some nasty phone calls. They got people that wouldn't come to their store. But in the end, they reopened. They got a lot of customers coming that had never heard of them before. They probably have more customers than they, than they know what to do with now. And on top of that, they got $842,000. Looks like God moved there for them. I said, looks like God moved there for them. I said, looks like God. Yeah, it looks like God moved there for them. Yeah, it looks like God moved for them. I said, it looks like, it looks like something God would do. Amen? Look, I said, it looks like something God would do. I said, it looks like something God would do. I said, it looks like something Yeah, it looks like something God would do. People know about them, didn't know about them before. They're reopened stronger than they've ever been before. And got 842000 to boot. Glory to God. Said they were going to devote, uh, d- uh, donate some of it to charity. Isn't that wonderful? Looks like something God would do. I said, looks like something God would do. 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 Amen. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Because they refused to kowtow down and bow. Can you say Amen. So yeah, these people delivered, good things happened. Yep. Stephen was martyred. Remember Stephen? He was martyred. You'd say, well, God didn't rescue Stephen. God didn't rescue Stephen. Well, you know what? He had the call of the martyr on his life. And when he died, they stoned him. Remember Stephen, first martyr of the church? Jesus did something for him that I don't think he does for everybody. He stood up. Right hand of God, welcome to men. Now maybe he does do that for everybody, but I know he did it for Stephen. Stephen went to heaven. That's a good deal. He really got promoted. But you see, people go, "How come God didn't? How, did, how come God didn't rescue Stephen?" I, I, I don't know. I, all I can say is he had, to, he had to call the martyr on his life. He went to heaven. That's a good thing. And his death affected somebody else. A man named Saul of Tarsus standing by, a young man holding the coats of the people that were doing the stoning. And I believe that Stephen's death was instrumental in Saul. When God knocked him down there, Jesus appeared to him in that light there on the road to Damascus, knocked him down. 
Why are you persecuting me? He's called him Lord. What do you want me to do? Right there he gets saved. He died. He's going to die on that road, Saul, one way or the other that day. I'm glad the old man died. He gave his heart to the Lord Jesus. and He got saved. Became Paul. But Stephen's death, I believe, I believe, contributed to that. When Saul, who became Paul, saw Stephen die a noble, noble death for the Lord Jesus. Dear friends, we're coming into a time and are into a time. It's not we're coming. In, we're in the time here in the United States. Like, like what I've not seen before in this nation. Seemingly a spiritual darkness upon the land. In so many pulpits, in so many churches. I'm not here to judge anybody. I'm just telling you what I see. And I've told you this before. The judgment of God is pending on this nation. People don't like to hear that when I say it. People want me to be hip, hip, hoorah. But the judgment of God is pending on this nation. And he's warned us and warned us and warned us and warned us. Much I could say about that. And seemingly, people just not paying attention. But I tell you what, there's one thing that could stay the judgment of God on this nation. Is if the most powerful desks in this nation would thunder the word of God again. And forget about entertaining people. But thunder the word of God in love. And then it would take from the Oval Office. Remember there in Nineveh? From the king down to the cow. They repented. We need repentance from the president all the way down. I say it this way. From the president to the pauper. All the way down. All the way. Everybody. In, in national Repentance. Is what this nation needs. And I believe it will only come if the pulpits of America will do what we've said. And national repentance. I said national repentance. And then and only then I believe the judgment of God could be stayed. Otherwise you'll see the judgment of God. And you'll see calamity in this land. We need to stay real close. To the Lord Jesus. I don't know if you've paid any attention, but California right now is, in, is experiencing a drought that they've never seen out there before. I don't know if you've paid any attention to that. A drought of unprecedented proportions in California. I remember on 9 11 when the planes were flown into the World Trade Center there. Pastor Terry, do you believe that God sent those planes? No, 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 I don't. But there is a judgment of God when God lifts his hand of protection. And I said that to say this. I saw the politicians on the steps of the Capitol. And I saw them up there singing God Bless America. And I thought, isn't that wonderful? And I was interviewed by a local radio station in that hour. and They said, have you seen attendance in your church pick up? And I said, yeah, I have. And I said, I just hope that when we're several months down the road that you still have these people coming. And that repentance in this land, it really wasn't repentance. 
lasted about three weeks to a month. And then right back to the fussing and fighting and arguing and division. And this one, I've seldom called names from the pulpit, but this man named Jonathan Kahn, I don't know if you've ever heard of him, but he's a good man of God. I believe he, I, I seldom will say this about him, but I believe he's a prophet of God. I, I do. Because he, he doesn't present himself as a prophet. He doesn't accolade himself as a prophet. Humble Jewish man that loves Jesus. Did you hear what he just said? And he's been watching this, and he, he, he's just a wonderful man of God. And he said, America's gotten further away from God since 9-11. We live in a very interesting time. Somebody said, yeah, but in the days of the Civil War, wasn't it worse? Well, yeah, I understand that, but, but, but in the days of the Civil War, you didn't have these other Bible prophecies that have already been fulfilled and and they've been fulfilled now. And Jesus' coming is at the doors. We need to stay real close to him in this hour. I said we need to stay real close to him in this hour. This has to be more than just something we do on Sunday. This is something we need to live every day of the week. But if we'll stay close to him, we don't have to be afraid. But perilous times lay ahead for this nation. Now, I need to let you go. Normally we have a little break and then go into prayer. But I know all of you can't stay. So let's everybody stand. No pressure on you to stay. If you don't realize, ever so often we have church prayer after a Sunday morning service. Not everybody can stay. We understand that. Don't feel any obligation to stay. If you need to go, you can go. But I believe we're going to pray in line. I don't know exactly how we're going to pray. Pray in line with what we've been teaching today. If you don't know Jesus as your Savior, be sure that I'll be sticking around after the service. There'll be some people up here come up say, hey, I want to know Jesus. I don't want to go to hell. I want to make heaven. And uh, 